Greetings and welcome to Unsupervised Learning. I'm Daniel Meisler, and this is a weekly show that brings you the most interesting content in InfoSec, technology, and humans. The idea is to curate around three to five hours of weekly reading into a 15 to 30 minute summary. The goal is to have you caught up on current events, tell you about the best content from around the web, and hopefully give you something to think about as well. You can get the companion newsletter with all the show notes and links at danielmesor.com newsletter. All right, welcome to episode 88 of Unsupervised Learning. This is Daniel, and I am back stateside. I've been traveling overseas for a good amount of time and happy to be back and able to do a podcast. So I'm uh, going to jump in with the InfoSec news. So Amazon has launched a new service called Macy that uses machine learning to prevent people from unknowingly exposing sensitive data through their S3 buckets. This is a problem that's been an issue for like multiple weeks. It seems like every week there were one or two or three breaches as a result of S3 buckets having like tons of data in them and no lockdown permissions. And so people just started looking for S3 buckets and seeing if there was anything valuable in there. And uh, it's been a big problem. So I was sort of waiting for Amazon to come out with a solution for this. And it looks like they have, and they've called it Macy. So that's pretty cool. Palantir is now in the police game. They're basically helping with policing. Uh, Lots of different police departments using the tools to help solve crimes. It's uh, interesting and potentially troublesome, uh, I think, as precedent because it's uh, it's awfully big brotherish. Uh, it's basically tons of data being captured and and used to. It's almost like a pre-crime type of deal. I mean, not quite, but it it really is uh, sort of reaching for that kind of space. So uh, hopefully, there's not actually a a full list of how many uh, police departments are using Palantir, but uh, the number seems to be rather high. Researchers have encoded malware into a strand of DNA so that when a gene sequencer reads the DNA strand, they can directly attack the computer running the sequencer. This is really interesting stuff. Uh, basically, it's all about parsers, right? It's always about parsers. And the parser for reading these these DNA strands can be attacked by putting malware in a strand on purpose. So uh, same game, just in a different medium. Blizzard was hit with a nasty DDoS this weekend. Took out uh, quite a bit of the service uh, for a number of days over the weekend. Uh, It appears that Russia may be testing a new digital weapon to attack the GPS system and confuse people who depend on it. So it looks like they used it on around 20 ships in the Black Sea, making them all believe that they were more than 32 kilometers away and on land instead of being in the ocean. It's possible to confuse self-driving cars by... a altering road signs. So imagine the same thing, but for input to an AI, right? So 
it's really any input to an AI. So this AI is a self-driving car and it's looking at a road sign, so that's visual. But it could be signs, it could be paint on the road, it could be light, sound, uh, it could be RF. There's so basically any sensor data that that's an input to an AI system, like a self-driving car, could be used as a as an input to an attack. So I, I think this is space is just going to be massive in the next couple uh, couple decades, especially in the next like five ten years. Russia's APT28 group appears to be using Eternal Blue to attack hotel networks throughout Europe. The creator of our now ubiquitous password rules regrets the work that he did on the project. So he worked for NIST and put out the password rules that we're all familiar with, like with complexity and length and uppercase and special characters and all that kind of stuff. I'm not really convinced that he should feel all that bad. I think there are different times and places for different policies, right? Maybe it's, maybe I haven't thought a lot about this, but maybe we needed that at the time. And, uh, but regardless, I mean, it's, it's very clear that that time has passed and, and it's time to give it up. But evidently he feels pretty bad about it. He's in his 60s or 70s. And retired, but he feels bad about it and wish he didn't hadn't done that work. And Uber drivers have figured out how to hack the system to artificially create surge pricing. Technology news: Amazon is looking to get into selling tickets as a direct competitor to Ticketmaster. I say here, pretty please, yes please, please kill Ticketmaster with fire. I really, uh, I don't know, some people are starting to get worried that Amazon is getting too big and it's time to start considering them, you know, a monopoly or a Microsoft or something and we need to worry about them. I, I don't care, honestly. If, if they're putting, you know, putting down people like Ticketmaster who just don't do a good job and just constantly crap on their customers, I, I say more Amazon, please. The next 1 billion internet users are inclined to use voice and images a lot more than text, which matters a lot for UI and UX. Snap continues to have trouble, and now they're having very slow sales on their spectacles, which is their, uh, their glasses that you can take uh, pictures from. And uh, a study has found that women might be better coders than men based on how many of their changes are accepted on GitHub. This wouldn't surprise me at all, actually. I, I think women are likely to be better coders. I, I just think for the same reason that they're probably better leaders, uh, something I've written about in the past, I think it comes down to less arrogant recklessness and more architecture and planning which is good for both leaders and for developers. And Uber has lost around $9,000 per car on its subprime leasing program for its underpaid drivers. Uh, so it basically had to shut down the whole program. Basically, they were giving like really attractive leases 
to a bunch of drivers who couldn't get a car because they needed drivers and they needed cars out there for the service. And it, they did it all subprime, which is extremely high risk. And it looks like they just lost millions of dollars on this and uh, around $9,000 a car and had to shut down the program. Human news. Got a story here about why you should take naps at work. It's a pretty compelling argument. Few people in Europe are willing to fight a war for their country, and it's got a bunch, it's got a map and a bunch of stats. Quite low numbers, actually. Scientists are now wondering if all the dark matter they've been looking for could be hidden inside of black holes. When I read this article, it seemed extremely intuitive to me doesn't really mean anything because I'm a layperson when it comes to this stuff. But it just seems really elegant. Uh, you have these black holes where there's basically nothing inside the event horizon. What if there's wonder if what if that's where the dark matter is? Right? You've got all this mass. So maybe that's where it is. Pretty cool idea. Goldman is about to start using personality tests to filter employees. The concept is basically to identify a number of things in top performers and then look for those characteristics in the potential hires as well. Right? So it's kind of like an AI uh, where you have enough inputs from enough people. It, it's kind of, it's unsupervised learning actually is what it is. That's what it named the podcast after basically capture as much as possible and let the algorithms find the magical attributes. And I, I would say expect this to become a primary form of filtering for most jobs in coming years. Basically, it's the opposite. I, I've done some of this um, in previous jobs. It's the opposite of having a pet belief, right? And be like, oh, if they went to the same school as me or if they have the same hobbies as me, they must be amazing. And this is the bias that leads to bad hires. And it's, it's the kind of thing that big companies like Google have figured out does not work. But AI could potentially work. So you basically have as an input, who are the employees that you love and who produce really well? And then, you, and then the computer finds the things that they have in common. And then you filter a new employee, you look for those things, right? So you just let the unsupervised learning figure out the patterns instead of you know, relying on your biases. A female neuroscientist from York University concisely summarizes and defends the science in the Google Manifesto. That was an interesting read. Our broken economy in one chart. That was a frightening read. And the U.S. and Cuba are scuffling over the fact that a number of U.S. diplomats in Cuba have become deaf shortly after being stationed there. The U.S suspects Cuba of using an inaudible but powerful sound weapon that causes deafness and targets. So, so sound is just like massive amounts of uh, vibrating air, right? Moving or compressed air. And it's possible to have, you know, concert level or 20 times concert level amounts of that air hitting the human ear and producing that pressure, probably a lot of headaches, I imagine, um, without actually hearing it, 
because it's too high or too low. So um, that's that's what they're saying they're doing. Um, I can't imagine this campaign though. I mean, like that's just malicious and it seems kind of dumb. Like to park one of these devices outside of a diplomat's office or or apartment or whatever, and make them deaf. It's just really, really strange. But uh, that's the accusation, and there's actually uh, some fallout from it. Ideas. The InfoSec community is wrong about AI being hype. This is an essay I wrote this weekend, and I've basically been seeing a lot of people in InfoSec saying that AI is complete hype. It, it'll be 5, 10, 20 years before it gets any good at all. And anyone talking about AI is just ridiculous. And uh, I think it's very, very wrong. And uh, I, I understand where it comes from. And that's what that essay is about. Sort of describing why it's wrong and why they should change their opinion. The problem with statues of people. This is about the timelessness or the lack of timelessness for greatness when you have a society that continues to evolve in terms of morality. So uh, 150 years ago, you know, you could be a certain type of person and be considered good. Um, but when people find out more about you and society moves on in terms of morality, well, maybe you're not considered good anymore. And the question is, if all good people, especially since great people tend to have flaws, you know, how many statues can you really have, right? And, and I give a bunch of examples of, you know, like Gandhi, MLK, George Washington, right? These great people who also have these massive flaws. Uh, when do you allow the flaws to overtake the goodness that they've done? And how much good must they do? of a certain type before the negatives aren't talked about or sort of swept under the rug or whatever. So I, I think it's an interesting question. I don't really have answers, but I think it's a question that we should be asking more often. Next idea here is not an essay, just an idea. Conduct your life as if all your personal data were public. Significant risk is generated by the disconnect between expectation and reality. And it's likely to happen soon anyway. Something I put on Twitter. Uh, next idea, Jeff Bezos should put his billions into libraries. This is an essay from someone else. It was really good. How America became a post-fact country. This was a fantastic article. I really think you should read this thing. And a compelling argument for how big oil is completely doomed simply because of the economics of it. So the economics both in purchasing fuel, which obviously gets more expensive compared to renewables as renewables get better. But they brought in another angle, which I thought was really cool, which was uh, maintaining a gas internal combustion engine versus maintaining an electric car engine is crazy expensive. So basically the argument here is that between the cost of fuel and the cost of maintaining a fleet of cars, 
everyone's going to switch to electric and it's just going to destroy the oil industry. And uh, they got a bunch of, you know, uh, charts and, and predictions and trends that uh, make a pretty strong argument. Discovery, the 2017 DerbyCon hiring list. This is an always a, uh, a good list to look at when DerbyCon comes around. Basically, tons of companies in there that are hiring different kinds of security people. And you could just check out the Google Doc and uh, go there and apply. Password Power Rankings is a site that rates password security of top websites. And uh, it's actually really good ratings, right? It's like uh, prevention against or, you know, controls against um, brute force. It's... Uh, you know, password length and complexity and all that kind of stuff. Cheddar Counter, a tool for determining how much discretionary income you have based on your profession and the city that you live in. And NIST has released SP 800-181, a cybersecurity workforce framework. Basically breaks down the different roles, tasks, and titles for the cybersecurity field. And, oh, Here's a 10-minute silent song that will keep your iPhone from playing the same song over and over when you get in your car. This thing's amazing. Super minimalist, too. Like, not much going on in the song. It's blank. That's why. Um, so, a great A16Z podcast on the different management structures at Google, Apple, Facebook, and Amazon. And how they use different methods to manage their workforces and get work done. Uh, A16Z is probably my favorite podcast. Um, definitely my favorite pure tech podcast. Um, I haven't listened to this one yet, but I'm about to right after this. Uh, got a cool site here on the body count for the Roman Empire based on different battles that were fought. A lot of history folks will like that. Switching from scripting in Bash to Python. This is a sensitive topic for me because I love me some Bash, but I also like Python. And I'm switching from Ruby to Python back from uh, Ruby to Python. So that was a good read. Uh, great presentation from CppCon on getting more from GDB. Pygorhythm, a Python module for learning all the major algorithms, and Egression, the tool I created and showed at Black Hat Arsenal this year for testing DLP defenses on corporate networks. Notes for this week. I just finished The Inevitable, understanding the 12 technological forces that will shape our future. It was a spectacular read, number of insightful points that I actually wish I had made and thought of in my own book, but uh, highly recommended. I, I wish it did have a different structure to it, like a more simple structure, but the content was just, it, it was, it was fantastic. Like multiple times, I just heard so many good points in it. Um, and it was actually written by one of the co-founders of Wired. Uh, I was wondering why the book was so good, but it was, it's, basically a, a complete pioneer and total badass who wrote it. So that explains that. And uh, recommendations this week, 
uh, first one is to read that book, The Inevitable Understanding the 12 Technological Forces That Will Shape Our Future. And it's by someone named Kevin Kelly. And to watch and share this video called Don't Be a Sucker, which was made in 1947 on the dangers of rhetoric that seeks to break apart America. It's basically about diversity and uh, fighting uh, Nazi types. It's a little bit political, but it's an easy uh, pro-American message I think everyone can get behind. And uh, one of the best put-together pieces of content I've ever seen on the topic, and it was done in 1947. Pretty, pretty amazing. And the aphorism for the week is... Uh, Something I said on Twitter earlier, um, which is significant risk is generated by the disconnect between expectation and reality. And that is it for this episode. I'm hoping to be back in my uh, actual office with my real mic uh, for next episode. But hopefully this episode wasn't as bad as the one before in terms of audio quality. But uh, just happy to put one out for you guys. Uh, the newsletter is out as well. And uh, thanks for listening. I'll see you next week. All right. Thanks again for listening. And don't forget that you can get the show notes for this episode, including the links to everything mentioned in the companion newsletter at danielmiesler.com slash newsletter. And if you like the show, please share it with a friend or on social media. I'll see you next time.